We're back with the second part of Renee August's interview with Terry LeBlanc on walking in reconciled relationships, the challenges of Christian history. Uh, two to three strategies, post-colonialism. We talked about post-colonialism just a little earlier. Uh, post-colonialism is a misnomer. Uh, you know, while, while the original discipline was designed to reflect the era from the first days of colonial advance uh, and empire to present, uh, its expression uh, creates this um, misunderstanding that somehow the colonial period has come to an end, which of course, for those who have been colonized, um, uh, doesn't make sense at all. Uh, we, we still live in this colonial era, this colonial uh, circumstance uh, that, uh, uh, that, that began many, many years ago for, for an awful lot of us. So post-colonialism is a misnomer. Uh, we are uh, still living in a colonial era, uh, which includes today the neo-colonial uh, economic uh, colonial uh, impulses of, again, largely Western-oriented systems of economics and uh, exploitation. So a few strategies that would be helpful um, for us as we move toward reconciliation is to recognize that reconciliation must take place in three spheres. We must first be reconciled to God, to the one who made us, to our creator. Um, for those of us who are of a disposition that says that we are created beings and the rest of the, uh, the, what we see around us is created, therefore there must be a creator. There's an expectation and need for us to be reconciled to our creator. For those of us who are followers of the Jesus way, this is quite clear. We need to be reconciled to the one who made us to God. The second thing is that we must think about living into right relationship with one another in the human community. Um, so where the first is to be in right relationship with God, the second is to be right relationship with one another in the human community. And, and asking the question, is my behavior, my attitude, uh, my activity um, creating the space for me to live into right relationship with my fellow human beings, either individually or in our societies uh, collectively? And the third would be to say, how do we live in right relationship with and right relatedness to the rest of the creation that we ourselves are part of? Uh, we, are, we are a part of this extended uh, creation. We don't sit above it or stand outside it. We are part of it. We are interconnected, interdependent, and interrelated with everything within creation. And so reconciliation isn't simply human to human, isn't simply human to God. It's also human beings to the rest of the creation that we're part of. And sometimes people have a struggle with that. They think somehow that humanity uh, stands above or outside of it and, and, and has no impact it experiences from it, but we do. So that would be the first thing I would say is, is that we, we need to think about living into right relationship in those three spheres, God, other people, and the rest of the creation we're part of. And, and I, I think uh, that if we, if we employed a strategy of asking questions about how am I living um, into these areas of relationship, 
properly or inappropriately, uh, it would be helpful for us uh, as we try and live in right relationship. Uh, what would I want audiences to know about my work? Um, it's focused on addressing a theological trajectory that is largely um, entrenched in Western thought uh, and development, and which is built on um, a couple of foundations that, that I think need to be challenged. The first is the binary foundation of Greek philosophy, the either-or foundation, uh, the dualist foundation in both classical Greek philosophy and Gnosticism uh, added to that, um, which, which sees the rest of the creation, the material world, as an, uh, now ultimately an evil place to escape, and that's where you find a lot of the, the uh, eschatological drive of the late 1800s in the dispensationalist moving emer movement emerging from. Um, we must also move away from the hierarchical frames and forms of church governance that were imposed by adopting Roman styles of hierarchy and authority uh, to something that is more closely resembling uh, relationally driven, um, uh, reconciled uh, frames of governance. Um, so, it, it, Again, if you if you look carefully, um, th these are important things. And the third thing would be to to recognize that the church still today continues to strive towards, in many places and locations, um, a relationship with power to further its purposes. And so, uh, the Christian church has often found itself uh, in, in collusion with civil authority um, from the very earliest days, and this must be challenged. So our work does that, or seeks to do that. Um, opposition and criticism on the work is very, very clear. Uh, people think that indigenous, uh, indigenous people doing theology are, 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 you know, playing with panentheism or pantheism or worship of um, earth spirits or ancestral spirits or evil spirits or whatever the case may be. Um, but what we're doing is uh, theology as followers of the Jesus way engaged with the text of scripture and our context and culture in no different way than the Western church has done down through the ages. The difference is that uh, we're doing it from a different epistemology and different ontologies, different worldviews. Um, and it's criticized because it's pushing back against or seeking to uh, question uh, the the foundations of Western uh, Christian theology. I, th I think we're also getting pushback on any challenges we offer to things such as the ecumenical councils. So, for example, uh, in the church's ecumenical councils, called into into being by and and convoked by the the uh, emperor uh, in Rome, one has to ask the question: How is it? that the emperor exercises any kind of authority to convoke councils of the church in matters of uh, church concern, given the experience of uh, the early uh, church and, uh, and, and civil authority or governance. So, so we get pushback on those things when we question them and, and wonder about them and ask questions that might uh, subject them to a deeper scrutiny than they have been for some time. Um, <clears throat> I think common misunderstandings uh, for 
talking about reconciliation is that it is an event uh, that somehow we can uh, say, will you forgive me? Yes, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? Yes, I forgive you. Uh, and then do a foot washing ceremony and it's all done. Um, but the systems that continued down through the ages to uh, create the tensions and the differences between people that needed to be reconciled have not been dealt with. So reconciliation is not an event, it is a journey. Uh, and it's a daily journey, and it's a willful attitude, as I say, to seek to live in the right relationship in the ways in which I've talked about. Um, um, not sure that there was anything much of a surprise for me in doing this work, um, other than, I suppose, the fact that people assumed it would be event-focused. Um, um, well, perhaps if there was something, it was it was um, coming face to face with uh, with the fact that I had been uh, spiritually colonized as a follower of Jesus. That I assumed that Western Christianity was the expression of Christian faith and life in the particular version of it that I was uh, living within uh, in the tradition of the church uh, within which I'd come to faith. Um, so as a, that was probably a bit of a surprise. Um, it, 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 it captured me and, and, and in many ways caused me to question whether I was uh, setting aside my first love in favor of something else, uh, whether I was setting aside my Christian journey uh, because I was questioning the way in which that journey had been, had been framed by the by the Western Church, uh, within which I had come to faith, um, so that was that was quite a surprise, and, and and it really caused a significant challenge to me to think about how to create new avenues, new mechanisms, new ceremonies of um, of commitment and dedication and worship and and so forth. I th I think that that. Uh, was a significant part of our of our journey. Um, the question here, from my own observation, how's colonialism at play in current conflicts? What's the role of decolonization in peace building? Uh, I think that I think that's an important uh, question, it, and it's important in that we want to understand decolonization is not just for those who are colonized, but also for the colonizer. They need to rethink the attitudes of colonialism. Um, that are still prevalent. Uh, so, so they have a different aspect of life, uh, a life, their life ways and thinking to, to engage with, uh, but they have to decolonize in, in the same way that we do. And, and, and for us, for us, we need to step back and be confident, as those quotes that I read from my presentation, we need to be confident that, that while we may not have, for those of us, again, who are followers of the Jesus way, we may not have known about the person, work, life, teaching, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We may not have known the scriptures, but there was very clearly this sense in which we are created beings, there's a creator, and how do we engage the creator in meaningful uh, ways, in ways that lead us to um, express life uh, in healthy um, in, in healthy ways. And, and, and it's that uh, upon which we would want to build then the 
the importation, maybe that's not the right way to say it, the encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and that's decolonizing. You see, the gospel isn't a colonial piece in my, in, in my mind, in the minds of many of us. The gospel is not at all colonial. Um, it, it is about the singular creator of all things, irrespective of where we are on the globe, entering into uh, this physical reality in a particular person and form at a particular time within a particular people group uh, for a particular purpose. Now, now in our view here in, in what we call Mi'kma'ki, our land, we feel it would have been far, far, far better for him to have become Mi'kmaq than, than what he did, and it probably would have worked better. But, but nonetheless, he entered a particular people and time in a particular land and place for a purpose that had applicability across the cosmos, um, and 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 in the same way that the computer that I'm looking at right now was not manufactured in my hometown, in fact, probably wasn't manufactured on this continent, doesn't mean that the computer isn't uh, useful, helpful, or important. Uh, doesn't mean that I somehow need to disbelieve uh, the words on it that says MacBook Pro. For those of you who are PC users, I pity you. Um, it simply means that someone created this thing for a purpose that all others can participate in. And in that same way, in a far deeper way, obviously, in a far more profound way, um, the creator of all things enters the creation, becomes part of the creation in one space, place, and time among one people, but for a universal purpose. Um, and I, and I, think, I think decolonizing ourselves then takes that and inserts it into our own contexts and histories and ways of being and knowing, and then interrogates those things together and asks questions about what does this mean for, um, for our relationship with our creator, with one another and with the creation. Uh, and I think that's part of the decolonial process for me. Uh, it, it includes looking at the biblical text through a different set of lenses, uh, setting aside to the extent possible Western lenses and putting on um, a, a set of lenses that employ indigenous methodologies and epistemologies and so forth. And I, and I think that that creates a huge difference. And, and I think something we learn about peace building and conflict trans transformation uh, from our perspective as a result of all that is, is, that, is that as with Paulo Freire, um, human beings are prone to common kinds of behaviors, irrespective of who we are. And, and had uh, the developmental trajectory of Western European societies begun here among our people, the chances are we would have done some stupid things too. We'd have done some idiotic things. We'd have been arrogant and uh, we'd have had pernicious behaviors toward others. Um, so, so I think I think one of the things we learn about peace building conflict transformation is that is that none of us can stand above others and say we would not have done that um, that 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 somehow our societal values in history and our and our ways of being in history and so on would never have allowed that I, I think that human beings are human beings and and each of us uh, can fall prey to and victim of uh, those kinds of attitudes and behaviors that Western colonial powers uh, used um, in the acts of colonization and persecution and oppression. 
So, so we, we must not think of ourselves in prideful and arrogant ways that we wouldn't have done that. Um, so I think, I think that it's important for us to build on the ideas that emerge from seeing a common creation that we're all part of, that, that somehow um, the, the creation in which we find ourselves, the environments in which we find ourselves have common uh, realities about them that we need to live with and explore uh, in ways that um, acknowledge uh, our interdependence, our interconnectedness, and our interrelatedness with the creation we're part of and with one another in the human community. We cannot, um, we cannot try and embrace uh, the, the destructive notion that we can be separated from it and live um, isolated from others and from it and from God. I think that's, I think that's quite clear. Um, I think it's important that we continue to explore our interrelationships, our intercultural um, contributions one to another. I think it's critical to explore that. Um, I, I think it's critical to move outside of the idea of multiculturalism, which, which tends to have the idea um, of, of cultural voyeurs, voyeurism attached to it in my mind, where we, where we go and look at the pretty cultures and dances and songs and foods and so forth, to, to what I would call interculturality which is to say, what does the culture of that uh, person or group of people have to contribute to my life that would make me a better person, um, uh, that would be good for me? And, and, and then uh, reciprocally, what is there in my culture that they might want that I might and, and be helped by that I might have the ability to, to offer in a good way um, to them? Um, so, uh, I think I think that's um, uh, an idea uh, or a set of ideas to think about. And, and I guess lastly, one of the things that's good about about an indigenous approach to theology is to be able to turn the table on it. Um, oftentimes, when people say, "Oh, oh, you do indigenous theology," I say, "No, uh, I don't. I do uh, I do theology as an indigenous person." And I think that's a critical distinction to make. Um, oftentimes, when you hear the word indigenous theologies, it, it conjures up ideas about about some sort of, of um, uh, little pocket somewhere in the corner uh, where you're where you're you know playing with uh, some unsophisticated or um, or um, unimportant things in indigenous ways and people want to let you just do your own little thing but I think what we're doing when we say we're doing theology as indigenous people is is indicating that we have the capacity to contribute to the theological discussion and landscape uh, as effectively as Western theologians have done, and in some ways more effectively because we've been able to step outside the, the uh, Western theological lenses for a space to ask some other kinds of questions. Uh, I think it's important for us as indigenous folk doing theology to recognize we'll probably make some mistakes uh, in the same way that Western theologians have done down through the years. Um, we'll make mistakes. Uh, all I suggest is that, that, yes, we'll make mistakes, but let's have the integrity to make new ones. Um, I, I, I think that, I think that um, if, we, if we don't imagine ourselves making mistakes, we're arrogant. Uh, and I suspect the same kind of arrogance that was expressed by Western folk doing theology. Uh, 
at times. Um, but falling into the trap of making the same kinds of errors to assume somehow that our way of thinking and doing is the only way or is the right way uh, or can, uh, contains all of the things that, that we need to to know and understand God, I think is to, is to fall into the same mistake that was made by Western theologians. So, so we need to put forward our ideas. We need to, we need to do theology as indigenous and colonized people um, and, and put them forward and ask, how do they help us collectively to be better people, to live uh, in right relationship in those three spheres that I've talked about uh, and to live into health and well-being? Um, could you just say in like one or two sentences how you became involved with Infamit? How I became involved with Infamit? Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like I say um, <clears throat> when people say how did you become a Christian, I say my wife made me do it. Um, uh, and when I, how I became involved with Infamit was through Ruth, uh, Ruth Padilla divorce, um, Ruth. Ruth described what Infamit was seeking to do and approached me and said, you know, we, we, we need indigenous um, men and women, uh, scholars and practitioners in this conversation with us at Infamit. And so Ruth extended an invitation and, and um, who, who can refuse Ruth? <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> it's a very good theological question to explore. <laughs> and there you have it <laughs> you are amazing in the way you summarize all of those things um and i'm just really grateful for your scholarship and your integrity as a human um and the joy of being able to share in this conversation with you so yeah my my deep and genuine thanks to you Thanks for tuning in to this series featuring Terry LeBlanc on walking in reconciled relationships, the challenges of Christian history, offered for Infamit Stop Bediaco Forum on peacebuilding and conflict transformation from a lens of postcolonialism and indigenous Christianity.